Cornerstone Podcast. Coach Stone Podcast number 12. I want to thank everybody listening to the Coach Stone Podcast. I want to thank especially J.C. Hawks Radio, J.C. Hawks Sports Network, and B.J. for letting me do this. Um, if you want to listen to any of my old podcasts or anything else about football tips or blogs, you can visit my website at coachstonefootball.com. Uh, also, if you want to listen to them on iTunes, because a lot of my viewers are asking about iTunes, if you go to iTunes, look under J.C. Hawks Radio, you can hear all the past podcasts, and then after this one is done, you can hear it the next couple of days after that. So uh, without further ado, my guest at this time is a legend. I consider him a legendary coach. We've talked a couple of times on the phone. He's probably going to make fun of me because I call him legendary. He's coached over he's coached over 18 years as a head coach. He is 20 years in the education business, and that means he only has about seven years left, probably until he retires, hopefully. Um, and he's also a, a well-known author with his book, and we'll talk about that, Coach Randy Jackson. Coach, are you there? Yes, sir, Coach Stone. Appreciate it. Yeah, the legendary just means you're old, you know. So, uh, but... <laughs> All right, we'll just say but, great. Yeah. We'll, we'll say great. We'll but, say great instead of legendary. That's awesome. But honored, right. honored to be here and uh, really honored for you to have me on. Well, I, Coach, thank you so much. I, I totally appreciate it. Um, we're we're, we're going to talk about your book a little later about the uh, book with the Culture Defeat Strategies, you know, lessons, uh, seven lessons on leadership from the Texas high school football coach. I don't want to, like, I don't want to steal your thunder, so let's just do this, Coach. The game plan is very simple with the podcast. We'll start with the pregame. You'll talk about yourself. Tell everybody how to follow you on Twitter. Uh, go to your website, things like that. Uh, we'll, after that, we will uh, kickoff question. And then after the kickoff question, we'll have a first drive question. We'll go in at halftime, have some water, come back out. And then we'll do the kick return question, a second drive question, two-minute warning. I can't wait for that because, you know, reading your book a little bit, my 8-year-old and 11-year-old started it, and they said, Dad, this thing's awesome. So I'm trying to get it done, but you, like we talked about, I'm trying to get my book done. So I got, I got two things at once I'm trying to do, and you know how it is, juggling stuff. Um, and then yeah. we'll have the end of the game if we don't have overtime. So that's the layout of the podcast. Coach, are you all ready to go? I'm ready. All right, perfect. So pregame is this. Coach Jackson, um, tell everybody where you're currently coaching. Uh, tell them a little, you know, tell them about your record. I already gave out how many years you've been head coach. But the floor is yours. Tell them how to get a hold of you, go visit your website, all that stuff. It's all you, Coach. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and the worst part about the podcast, honestly, to me, are the, is the beginning when people tell about themselves. So I'm going to go really fast. Um, <laughs> just – for you guys listening, my dad was a coach for 41 years, and, and I've coached 28 years, and, and I believe it's the most honorable profession in the world. I have a heart for coaches. Um, I wrote this book called Culture Defeat Strategy so my grandkids would have some, some way to remember me by. I thought I'd sell about 100 copies, and I think it's resonated with people because I wrote it not about me. I wrote it to help coaches build programs so um just real quickly i'm at north forney high school and uh, north forney is 20 miles east of, of dallas we're 1600 students in high school uh, we were 10 and 3 last year we're an up-tempo team we averaged 53 points a game so i uh i'm an offensive guy so um but as great as that is we would not have we did i mean it was a neat season we we they'd never really won before and but none of that would have happened without a great culture so i'm going to get into all that kind of stuff i've been the head coach at several schools I and mean, i'm kind of a gypsy but um I, I i get a little bit bored and um i go try to turn another program around it's just a lot of fun to me to to go in there and try to change the mindset and all so um my wife is a middle school math teacher I've got a son that's a senior in high school who wrestles. I've got a daughter that's a junior in high school, so that's that's my family. And um, but but what I'm trying to do, I probably have about five or six more years left in my career, and I really would like to um, eventually become like a culture consultant, 
And so I speak at a few places. I'm going to be um, in Minneapolis, um, well, April 5th and 6th in Minneapolis. I'm going to be in Chicago April 13th. Um, so I've been in Seattle, whatever. And so, so I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's it's um, at Coach Jackson TPW. Uh, I have a website, Coach CoachRandyJackson.com, and I, I put out a blog every two weeks called The Culture Factory, and I really just talk about things that we do in our program now. And I think I, I respect everybody that's in this deal, but like Coach Stone and myself, people that are really coaches trying to do this stuff, I think is a rare. You have a lot of leadership people and a lot of people who are culture coaches or whatever who don't really coach. So um, this blog is about things that, that we currently do at North Forney and things I've used in the past and just program building kind of stuff. So uh, if, you're, if you're into this kind of stuff, you can get on my website and it'll have a way for you to subscribe to it. But uh, my career record's 150 and 64. Uh, and I, I really don't think it's, it's, you know, I think what we do better than most is, is we're very intentional with our culture. We talk to our, we do leadership development every day. Uh, I tell my parents it's a leadership development academy that happens to play football. And so uh, that quickly, um, probably this wasn't as quick as some of you guys would have hoped, but for a, for a guy that's done it 28 years and all this stuff, uh, it's about as fast as I could do it. And so, if, but if y'all, I, I love coaches. I have really a heart for this profession. So email me if you ever have a question or just want to discuss something. It's uh, Coach Randy Jackson at gmail.com. Perfect, Coach. That's awesome. And, and here's one thing I love about you, Coach Jackson. You're talking about, like, us and things like that. The one thing I love is this. You didn't, you didn't mention in 2010 you were the 4A Texas Sports Writer Coach of the Year. Uh, you're very humble in that in your rewards. 2015 you were DFW Tom Landry Award. What's, what's the Tom Landry Award to the, the people – that are not familiar with Texas, what, what, what's that award? That's an award, uh, Channel 11. Uh, uh, one of our, our CBS affiliate here gives a Player of the Year award, and they give a Coach of the Year award. Um, you know, Tom Landry, you know, big deal here and all. So basically it's an award, and, and honestly, it's really not the guy who won the most games or anything. It's an award that ta- uh, is, is to honor Tom Landry, a guy who did things, you know, quote-unquote right and Correct. who's trying to help raise kids. And so, so a guy that's uh, um, good for kids, I guess. Awesome. And then recently at the Texas High School Association, uh, you were beyond the, beyond the game award winner. Can you, can you go into that really quick? I, I'm, I'm sorry to brag about your reward, but, you know, the oh, no, I uh, want heck. people to know is that. Well, thank you. It, our, the Texas High School Coaches Association is um, – they, they have a leadership summit every February and uh, great speakers and all, but they give out an award every year um, called uh, the Grant Taft Coaching Beyond the Game Award. And basically it's kind of like that Tom Landry deal where it's uh, they're recognizing someone who is, well, the term I just love to use is help raising kids and uh, not just a football guy. And so um, – you know, it was a neat – really the, the, the most prestigious award, award I've won is uh, the, the, the Coaching Beyond the Game Award. So, yeah, pretty proud of it. Awesome. Perfect. Coach, with that being said, there's the whistle. We're going to go to a commercial break. I'm not used to this. So we're going to go to a commercial break, and then we'll be right back with the kickoff question. We're going to do a huddle commercial break right now. So Coach Stone Podcast, Episode 12. We'll be right back. Huddle is a leading software company revolutionizing the way coaches and athletes prepare for and stay ahead of the competition. Go to at Huddle Football on Twitter or go to www.huddle.com forward slash football for more information. That's H-U-D-L dot com forward slash football. We're back from commercial with Huddle, uh, Coach Stone podcast episode number 12, Coach Randy Jackson. A uh, very knowledgeable coach. I, I consider a FBI coach, football intelligence uh, coach. The kickoff question is very easy for me because I can't wait to hear it. You've you've been a head coach for over 18 years, and I'm not trying to toot your horn or nothing. And I apologize. You're not like that type of person. But you've turned three programs around over 
three times, okay? And just now with your new one you're currently at, can you explain how you did that? And I know it's probably going to be some with the book, you know, and, and if you have to, touch base on the culture defeat strategies. But explain how you did it. I mean, not just once, not just twice, three times, Coach. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, the, the one thing I am going to tell that, that is really, uh, I hope, is not bragging. Because, you know, it's funny, there's just so many great coaches out there, you know. So, so um, especially around the country, anybody that be listening to this. But in 2010, um, I put in I, – I was a head coach in a little town called Lone Oak, 300 students. And uh, a, a school that, in fact, that we played this year at North Forney, Mesquite Poteet, came open. And I think I was the third guy they offered the job to. They had been 1-19 in 19 the two previous years. And I went into this school. So, and uh, um, in Texas, everybody that coaches is also a full-time teacher. And so it's kind of a big deal to come in and change your staff. So it, it, what I'm trying to say is all, all three of them have been different. Uh, but the most miraculous one was at Mesquite, and and that's really what kind of got me on the on the map, I guess, uh, is what you know kind of got me uh, where people kind of knew who I was. But so that was 2010, and and so they were one in 19, and and he, here's what I learned about it is they were beat down. So I'm going to talk about each one of them just real briefly. But in Mesquite Poteet, one do. in 19, you know they're they're beat down. They weren't proud to be on the football team. I mean. I asked a coach when I first got there uh, about the mindset of them and all, and he said, Coach, I'm just going to be honest with you now, the band makes fun of our football team here. And so I knew then the worst thing I could do is go in there and draw a line in the sand and, and, and you know, watch it, you know, watch the movie Patton and, and go in there and get my, you know, kind of. So, so I went in there and became a cheerleader and told them every day, how great this thing was going to be. Um, this is the first time I really got real intentional with the mental game. And, and really, it's not that I didn't think we could win, but I just remember thinking, if we don't win, I'm going to make sure I can stand being around these guys. So I'm really going to pour into their, cult, into their character. And so I really was real intentional with that. So um, in Texas, we, we have a period every day where we have our guys, and so we have a 90-minute period in Mesquite. We had a not well, you're only supposed to use 60 minutes of it for training, so we would spend the other 30 minutes talking about culture, I mean, talking about character, and, and you know, I, I thought I knew what I was doing then, but uh, like all this stuff in the book, I did not really do in 2010. I mean, I really have learned a lot more since then, but I can tell you that I was very positive with them. I mean, I just went out there and said, guys, we're going to learn this play today, and in 60 minutes we're going to be good at this play. And I just – I made sure – I redesigned the logo. I made sure our seven-on-seven seven stuff looked good. I did anything I could to make them feel good about being Poteet Pirates. And uh, we, we got off to a good start. We won the first game. And they acted like they had won the Super Bowl. And then we won the next game. <laughs> and, well, then we had like eight league games that year. We were picked last. We were picked ninth in a nine-team league. And uh, I started talking to them about how they were going to make a movie about this team. And, I mean, I, I really think that if you, if you will just tell somebody something every day. Now, you'll hear me say this probably a lot in this podcast, but, the term I love is that the, everything that you want to accomplish is a daily fist fight. So you can't tell your team one time that they're going to make a movie about your team. You have to tell them every day. So I just kept telling them. We kept kind of doing pretty good. We end up winning our first district game. Um, I mean, we, I didn't even really research it too well, but we win our first district game. It's on the road. And the next day in the newspaper, I'm looking at the newspaper, and it says we broke an 18-game district losing streak. And I remember thinking, wow, I didn't know we sucked that bad. You know, those kind of <laughs> – so, you know, I'm just kind of a ready, fire, aim guy. I was getting a pretty good raise. I was wanting to be at a bigger school. And so the, the miracle just kind of happened. And so we went 12-3 and three that year, and I stayed three years, and we had three pretty good years. Um Poteet's still doing good. I'm proud of it. 
I ended up uh, going to Plano East for a year, uh, which is the biggest school in Texas, over 6,000 students. And uh, some of the things they promised me they didn't deliver on, so I left after a year. And uh, so I went to Grapevine, and and they were another down program, uh, 2 and 18, the two years prior that I got there. And and I, I did it different there. I didn't go in. Uh, being a cheerleader and all, I didn't go in there. I went in there and worked on pretty hard, uh, and we went three and eight that first year. And so I really couldn't get on. I mean, I had a kid tell me the very first, you know, I'd been there four weeks, and a kid tell me he was going to miss the first four days of spring practice because he was going to lifeguard. And uh, that's just not how you do it. And so so there was a big mental shift that I had to make. And uh, so when the season's over with, I went to the superintendent's office. Again, we were three and eight. We weren't very tough. And I showed him up one play of a, a running back who four kids could have maybe tackled him and none of them dove at him. So I said, hey, listen, uh, I can fix this, but it's going to be tough. You know, I mean, you, you, I, I need to know uh, if you're going to – this is a more white-collar school, a little bit more affluent – and uh, I didn't know if they had have the, I hate to say it, you know, but the fortitude really. And, and so he said they were good. I had 25 kids quit off season that year. I mean, it was, it was glasses was breaking, babies were crying, you know, there was gnashing of teeth and, and uh, it was Armageddon. And so, yeah. but, the, but we, but we turned it. We went eight and three the next year. Then we went 10 and two. Our guys were tough. I'm very proud of what we did there. And so it was more the traditional turn where you do it through off-season. We had a wrestling program here. We wrestled them. Uh, I mean, really, really changed their mindset. And then uh, this job came open where I am now at North Forney. And uh, when I got there, I kind of felt like some of the players were privileged. Uh, now, it's more of a blue-collar town, a little more rural. But I think some of the players were – prima donnas so I went in there and drew a line in the sand and uh pretty much I mean my first day there we ran on the track and 15 kids threw up you know so each place I've done it different I kind of feel like you have to go in you have to know where you're going but I really do think that's one of the biggest skills of a head coach is to 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 be able to go into a place if you want to turn it around and, and not do it the same everywhere. You have to kind of do what's necessary. And uh, I, I really am proud of what we did. And it was, again, a daily fist fight at North Forney. I mean, it took me just to get them to stand correctly with their feet all on a line. I mean, I know everybody listening is isn't going to believe, but it took me about a month once I got them tired <laughs> to stand correctly. And so, like, we just got out of boot camp this year but last year again when so here's how it goes really in in most places in texas so when i got to north forney there was 13 assistants and the my and my principal said i need you to keep four of them and so i did and and she was right they were great and so we i released nine of them so um man those guys have to go and now they finished the school year and things like that. But I got the job. At, I mean, I started the end of February. And so bottom line is you're shorthanded and you're just kind of, you're trying to hire coaches, but they can't, you know, until, until unless there's a teacher job open. So, so we couldn't do boot camp last year. But so all three of them, I think, but here's the thing I think that is the common thread. So I did it all different with the intensity. I mean, we worked them hard everywhere. But all three of them, you have to brand it, and you have to give them – everybody wants to be – there's a book out there called Tribe. Everybody wants to be in a tribe. Everybody wants to have a brand. And so you have to give them something that makes them feel like they're on the – you know, something uh, – uh, you know, college has been – I mean, I don't know how much they – but Chad Morris gets a job at Arkansas, and it's like an hour later there's a hashtag out that says hammer down. You know, I just think there's the the branding and the the marketing and all that. And so, uh, for the guys who are out there who who kind of don't, and, and honestly, they're probably not listening to this podcast if they're not a Twitter person or you know. But it's such a big deal now. So um, whether 
everybody's personality is different, but whether you, you celebrate them and you're a constant cheerleader or you go in there and, and have 15 kids throw up, I think there's different ways to, to, to do it, but, but you have to brand it for sure and make them make sure that, uh, you know, you feel that, that you're getting that culture through your brand. That's awesome. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, like with your program, you're, you said with the first one, right, and we were talking about, I think you said it earlier, they thought they won the Super Bowl, right? And I always say to the players, even when you try and turn a program around, like I did one time, I've done a couple too, not at the high school level. I mean, one at the high school level, but all the other ones were at middle school and lower, is, hey, act like you've been there before. You know what I mean? Because yes, a, yeah. a lot of those teams will – and you know, you probably had it maybe your first year when you were – that second year in Grapevine. You get scored on or they're up by two touchdowns. It's like, oh, here we go again. Same old Grapevine High School. You know what I mean? Where you got to get that no mentality. Doubt. You got to get that mentality out of them and be like, listen, you run in that touchdown. You hand that ball to that ref. Be like, I'll be right back. You know what I mean? Don't say it yeah, like, yeah. And, you know, like, like you said. It's like they score a touchdown or they score the first time they take the lead in the first time ever. It's like, game's over. Okay. No, you still have another 60 more minutes to go, you know, or 55 more minutes. You can't just score in the open and drive and think the game's over. Um, before we go to the next question, Coach, I do have to ask you this. Did you run the same offense for all the places you've been to since you started, or have you adapted? Because you know how, like, some coaches say, I run this offense only. Did you adapt your offense or change it? Or can, is that okay? Yeah, well, we're always growing. Yeah. The constants were, so in 2010, I was in the Tony Franklin system. Uh, are, you, are you familiar with it? Um, you know, he was at Cal and Auburn a little bit, you know, in Kentucky. And so – um, okay, yeah. That was huge for me. So basically it was the Mike Leach, um, the air raid stuff. And yeah. yeah. So in 2010, we were playing with tempo, and uh, that was pretty new back then. So big advantage. But, I mean, we were averaging 28 points a game, but we were playing pretty fast. So we were, you know, we were spread, no huddle, and playing pretty fast. So that's been a constant now, we play faster now because we've learned how to play faster. I mm-hmm. mean, when we got beaten the third round this year, we ran 101 plays. So we go Jeez. fast. Yeah. And so for 12-minute quarters, that's really getting it. And yeah. uh, so we play really fast. But, so, but, but bottom line is um, this past year, so, so from Grapevine was Air Raid. We started the, the Chad Morris with the – the the H back back there the Malzahn that started mm-hmm. kind of influencing me a little bit. And this past year we were more of an Art Bryles, but again with a tight end and an H back back there. And so so I guess what I'm saying is the, there's been some constants as far as no huddle tempo. I mean we don't have a run play that we don't RPO. Um, we we were really proud of this step. We were we rushed for 277 a game and we threw for 271. So we're really balanced. Um, so, uh, so I guess the constants will be spread, no huddle, as fast as you can play, and then the the probably the evolution would be a more of a tight end, uh, a little bit more of a, you know, three man service, some tackle over things like that. So we're not we're not near as Mike Mike Leach now as we are, you know, Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn. Gotcha. Now, now the one thing I had to ask you too, and and I apologize if not. Question for me and the viewers probably love this too. You know, a lot of a lot of coaches that run the no huddle, right? And you you are an offensive guy because just how you're talking and you already said that. Do you do you as an offensive coach and with your no huddle, do you just try to make your defense super basic because the offense is so fast, or do you just do you make it as like you said every run has an RPO and things like that? Do you you try to make it very like I know a lot of no huddle coaches. Hey, we run a four-four cover three. That's it. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Or a three-three-five cover three, and that's it. Like I'm, I'm just curious. I'm sorry. Well, we we've got a lot of two platoon guys, so our guys don't go both ways much. Oh yeah. That's, so, okay, that's the question. Yes. Okay, yeah. There you go. So okay, so it's a little bit more of my defense coordinator is the head coach of the defense. Here's what we have to be on the same page. I laugh about this a lot. People who say you score too fast. Uh, I don't understand that comment. You know, our, our, right. here's our philosophy on, on offense. It, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just laughing because I've yeah. heard that yeah. so much. <laughs> I mean, I, when I get to speak at clinics, I say it all the time, but I say, I, you know, if we score in two plays, 
I think the worst thing that can happen is y'all score, you know, I mean, but they can't score and go. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is they score and then we're back where we started. But, uh, you know, we say a lot that uh, if, you, if, you, you're not, if you don't score, if you're not trying to score. So we're going to play. We, I, I tell you, uh, I'm kind of curveballing you a little bit here, but I've got uh, a deal. We, one, one of our big philosophies that North Forney is to be unconventional. And so mm-hmm. um, we, we onsided 25 times this year. We, we, we went for it on fourth down 47 times. Uh, we faked an extra point nine times. So we're, we're, we're playing uh, pretty aggressively. But one of the great things we did was every on the coin flip, we're going to take it every time. And uh, we're going to try to score so, as fast as we can. So in 13 games this year, we scored nine times on the first drive, and eight That's of awesome. them were in the first minute. So, That's so awesome. eight times this year, it's, it's, a, it's seven to nothing with 47 minutes left in the game. And so I, I – that's our philosophy. So if anybody listening to this podcast is, is, you know, so just for people to know we're, we're, uh, you know, we're not only are we up tempo, but a third and eight is not a passing down for us. I mean, it's, it's, we might run it. I mean, it could be, but, but fourth and three, we're going to go for it. So yeah, uh, that's very smart. Just a, yeah, just a big philosophy thing for us. You know, the biggest thing I always say is this, and I, in my back to the basics manual that's coming out, you know, in next month or this month, is I say in the book in special teams section, why even if you don't have a long snapper, then just go for it on fourth down. Because I've seen it all too many times in every level from youth all the way to college. If you don't have someone to long snap, how the punter, how's the punter going to get the ball? You know what I'm saying? Correct. Unless you want yeah. a shotgun snap to the PP and then flip it back to the punter. That's the only way you could do it, right? You Listen, yeah. like you and, said, third and eight, that's, that's an any down for you. Where a lot of teams they always want to pass, right, or run some kind of trick play or something like that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it changes your whole philosophy of and, – and we ran the ball quite a bit this year because we, you know, we, we know we'd go for – I mean, if we're on our – at least on the 35, we're going to probably go for it. So for us not to go for it, we have to be on our own 25 or something like that. But um, so it just, it allows you, it just, it's so much easier to call plays. Second and 10, you don't have to throw the ball if you might go for it on fourth down. Correct. And it helps your play call sheet a lot. So yeah, it makes it a lot simpler. Yeah. With, with that being said, there's the whistle. What we're going to do before we go to the kickoff question, we're going to go to a commercial break for the Go Army Edge app. If you haven't got the app yet, audience member, uh, listening audience, definitely download it. It's free in the United States. You can download it. It's going to be coming soon to another country. We'll announce that later. Um, but it's a free app where you can play it. It's, you can drop the play and then hit the 3D button, and then it looks just like Madden. So we'll go to a commercial break, come right back with Coach Jackson and kickoff question. Go Army Edge Football is a free game-changing app that allows coaches to draw their plays with X's and O's and then get mental reps from the first-person perspective or any position on the field with real-time 3D graphics or virtual reality. Go Army Edge Football comes preloaded with many example plays and drills for concepts such as formation recognition and RPO reads. Any coach in any system can benefit from demonstrating in Go Army Edge Football and every player can become a better football player with extra reps in the app. Go visit them on Twitter or Facebook. Insert at Go Army Edge. Back from commercial, kickoff question. Coach, that was awesome. I mean, what you just said with turning the program around. Now let's do this. Your website you already talked about. Please make sure you announce it again. And also your book, Culture Defeat Strategies. Like you said, the first time you turned the program on, you didn't quite use the book. And then please tell us when you, when you actually wrote the book and what made you write this book for people to know? Because I know a lot of coaches, like some coaches have called me crazy for doing a drill manual, like, ooh, don't give all your secrets out. But then, like, you, like you, this book, if you don't follow the seven lessons, you're not going to be able to do the culture that here, that defeats strategies. So, Coach, the floor is yours. Promote your website. Promote your book. It's all you. Okay. Yeah, and I've had people, funny you say that, I've had people say, why would you write a book? that tells everybody your edge. Because I do think 
what we do is an edge. But I don't know who I heard say this, whether it was P.J. Fleck, somebody like him who said, hey, I will tell anybody anytime about culture, about how, because unless you're willing to do it every day, it's not going to work. And so, honestly, like, I wouldn't get up here or anywhere and tell them how we pass protect or, you know, give them the keys <laughs> to the but, – but culture is – a daily fist fight, and we have so much time. So here's how we do things um, in our program um, is we have 20 minutes a day where we do leadership development time, and I think it's just the best thing that we do where we can kind of, quote, brainwash them a little bit. But So in 2010 was the first time I ever said – it's really the first time I had that, that 30 minutes a day uh, built in. I, I don't really have that here as far as in our schedule, but but bottom line is I saw the benefit of it, and so I've continued to do it. Um, in 2000, when I great, went to Grapevine in 2014, we were 3-8, and eight, and, and I was, I've been at that Plano East for one year and wasn't happy. Went 3-8 and eight in Grapevine and wasn't happy, and so I don't know if, if you can relate to this or not, but I needed something then I needed something. You know, I needed to be re-energized. I mean, I wasn't wanting to get out of coaching or anything, but I heard a guy speak at our athletic in-service named Brian Kane. And Brian works with TCU baseball. Brian's kind of more of a baseball guy, but he worked with SMU football and Chad Morris, and he's working with them up in Arkansas now. He works with the MMA fighters. He lives like five miles from me. So I heard mm-hmm. him speak, and – uh Again, it's it's the summer of 2015. I didn't even know what a podcast was. And <laughs> so I hired him, and uh, he comes to my field, and I talk about all this in the book, but he starts really showing me how to how to really, like, do core values, and and he really turned – he really uh, drew back the curtain for me, and it changed me. And so uh, after probably – a being around him about a year, he said, hey, you ought to write a book. And I kind of chuckled, you know, and I said, man, I've never won a state championship or anything. You know, there's, you know. And he said, no, write it about your core values. Make each chapter a core value. And uh, people people need that kind of stuff. And so, and when you think about it, when you go to coaching clinics, people aren't really talking about culture. They're talking about no. the, the newest RPO. And, and uh, so, um, I think really is what what is I'm 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 over four thousand books now sold and and I really it's it's thirty nine hundred more than I thought I was going to sell and what I love about the book is um, I decided to make it about my audience because I knew nobody wanted to read about Randy Jackson and I still believe that I don't think anybody wants to listen to this podcast right and learn more about me (laughs) so what can I do to help your audience and that's how I feel about the book I mean I really have a heart for coaches and so uh somebody can take this book and it really made me proud when you said your your kids enjoy a little bit you know you can take this book and and there's two or three things you can add to your program I don't care what sport it is I really think that that people in the business world could take it. Like, like here's a great example is uh, who, everybody listening to this, they, they probably at least two-thirds of them have core values with their team, okay? And so I had core values, but I'm the one who made them up, and mm-hmm. uh, I posted them on the wall. And so, so now I've learned, and I, I think the business world doesn't get this, Unless the unless your people have uh, a chance to to help come up with those core values, then then it doesn't mean anything to them. So, what you're in on, you're in with. So, for you guys out there listening, uh, if, if your players didn't help you create these core values, you need to start over. And oh yes, Good. so and and here's even a, a step further is. You can't go in. So at North Forney, the first day I was there, I didn't say, because I'll make a Google form and I'll say, I want you to give me three words that you want our program to be known for. Well, if I'd have done that the first day, they would have given me words that that I had no impact on. You know, I didn't influence them. 
So I, I was at North Florida at least a month talking to them every day about things that are important to me and what I wanted this program to be known for and kind of got the brainwashing going. And then after a month, I put a Google form out. What are the three words? They gave them to me. We came up with the core values. And then for the next six weeks, we talked about them, and then we defined them. So there's really a lot to it that um, it's more than just what I used to do, which is come up with some neat phrases and put them on the back of a T-shirt. And so when I, I'll listen to a podcast, and, I'll talk, and they'll talk about how the, the upper management will go off on a retreat and come up with a, with a, a mission statement and all that. And I think, well, hey, the, the 4,000 employees didn't have anything to do with that. And, and I don't exactly. know how you let 4,000 people in on something, but I think you'd have to find a way. So anyway, so that, that was the premise of the book and just the, the, the daily things that we do. So every day we're going to stand in front of our guys. I mean, they all have a notebook. They have to take notes, and we're going to pour into our guys. And we're going to, I tell them, you know, we're going to help raise you. So, uh, man, we're going to teach them how to shake hands. We're going to teach, I mean, uh, uh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But I, I, so bef- I was going to write another book, and then I took this job at North Forney, and, uh, you know, that's got to be my priority. And so what I've decided to do is do a blog every two weeks called The Culture Factory. And what I've done there is um, – I'll take things that we're doing in our program and I'll write about it and put it out a couple of, every couple of weeks. So like the last two, I, I just put one out uh, today, actually. It was, it was emailed, and, and it was part two of a, a, a character lesson or a leadership lesson on body language and eye contact, which I think is desperately has to be no, – nothing just happens. You know, your players aren't going to have great body language and eye contact unless you teach them how to do it. And so uh, it's a really a great lesson. I put the PowerPoint in there where people could download that, uh, just those kind of things. So, so for me, um, Coach Stone, my, my deal is um, I want to help coaches, and I think this is the most honorable way to do it. I, I mean, I think that, you know, I could talk to people about our offense, and that would be great. But that's not helping to raise kids. You know, I love our onside kicks, but that's not really helping. To, and, and none of that's really going to change your program. You know, you're not going to turn a program with onside kicking 25 times. You know, you're going you're gonna to change a program with pouring into them and uh, having a great culture. And, and those guys, you know, all for, for me, culture is defined as speaking the same. I'm sorry, thinking the same, speaking the same, and acting the same. And so that's really my priority. And so that's what that book is about, Culture Defeat Strategy. That's what the Culture Factory is about. And, and honestly, that's what my next book will be about. That's awesome. Hey, I love your point, too, how you said. I, I love it when I go. I, listen, I love going to Glaciers. Don't get me wrong. I love them to death. I love going to the next Me, one. too. I love me going to all the, Here's the thing. I, this is the one thing I laugh at, though. You have other coaches that are like, you know, we've been down the block, right? We, we've, done, we've, done, we've done it. We bought the T-shirt, my dad would always say, right? <laughs> and I love what you said earlier about you adapt and overcome. Like, I, you didn't really say adapt and overcome. But my dad was a former Marine, you know, even though he's still a Marine, even though he passed away. And you're adapting to your situation. Does that make sense? And your yes. book with your values, I love it because in the book, so anyone that wants to pick up, wait, before, we, before I sell, I'm, I'm, I'm selling your book, even though I've only read part, a couple pages, right? But I like how I, I was looking through it and things. Uh, what's, what's your website again if they want to go buy a book, Coach? Give that to them again. It's coach, it's, there's two ways to buy it, CoachRandyJackson.com. And I, I'll just, uh, uh, I'm totally honest with everybody, it's CoachRandyJackson.com. And then it's going to come to me. I, I'm a one-man show. I'm going to put it in my mailbox the next day. Uh, and you're going to get it about five days later. You can get on Amazon, and you're going to get it a little quicker, uh, but uh, it costs a little bit more on Amazon. So there's two different ways to get it, CoachRandyJackson.com or Amazon. Perfect. Okay. And here's one thing I saw in the book, and he talked about the core values and things, but he showed actual pictures of where he was coaching, like when he did the Mustangs and when he did yeah. the other one. I, I forgot the other. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. There was a Mustang one with the core values. 
and oh, it was both Mustangs because you had one with 1997, and then the other one was like a poster with your core values. And you talk about it in every chapter those core values. I'm not going to like steal your thunder because I want people to buy your book, Coach. But you know, the, like the one chapter is like energy and tempo. You know, and the one thing I like what you said: thinking, speaking, and acting the same. With going back to the Glazier clinics, you have young coaches or other coaches that go to people to speak, right? And they go to the top of the line places, like, hey, I'm going to go see, you know, Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, or I'm going to go listen to Frank Wright that just won the Super Bowl, and now he's at Indianapolis, right? About RPOs, people don't realize. Those are professional athletes. Those guys have been running RPOs since we've been born almost, right? And the other mm-hmm. thing is youth coaches, you can't run the RPO that the NFLs do. I mean, you could, but unless you have all those types of athletes, you're not going to get the ball off in time they blitz and things like that. Like if you're going against the Patriots defense in the NFL with your youth quarterback, I, I don't think the read's going to be there. Does that make sense? I don't, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. and, and... – you know, they're and they're even like for us high school guys, they're not going to give you everything. And, Correct. You know, again, Correct. I I I'm all for going to clinics. I love clinics, but I spoke three times at Nike Portland this year, and one was on culture, one was on being unconventional, and then one was on offense. I'm going to speak three times in Minneapolis, and it's going to be the same thing. But if I said, hey, let me free speak three times on culture, no one would agree to let me do that because they would be afraid. No, everybody wants you to speak on tempo and RPOs. And, but, but the people who they really enjoy my culture talk and, and, and my unconventional ones fun too, because, you know, it's a little bit different as far as the onside kicks and all that. But, but I just, I mean, like I'm trying to hire a quarterback coach right now. And the last, I mean, I need a guy who understands quarterbacks, but if he's not a good fit for us, you know, if he's not, if he's not a, a good blend in my office, if he doesn't have a, the right culture, if he's not a good person, if he's not, you know, so I think everything in life is about a good fit and making sure that people align with you and your core values. And so I'm not going to try to find the greatest quarterback coach I can who doesn't align with our core values. So no matter what level you're coaching, uh, so, well, here's a great thing, Coach Stone. I tell people that I ask people this in my clinics is stand in front of your team and ask them what's what's our program about. So, and and so, if you did that in North Forney, they would all tell you our core values. I mean, uh, one of the greatest deals. An article I read was somebody that went to uh, Seattle, and they said all the players, all the coaches, all the janitors, all speak fluent Carol. And I love that term, you know. So uh, if, if anybody listening to this, if you stand in front of your team and you ask them, hey, what, what do you think our program's about? If you're getting a bunch of different answers, then don't worry about the next play you're going to put in. Don't go listen to – until you fix that, until they all think, speak, and act the same, uh, then you don't need to worry about the next RPO. Awesome. Perfect. Coach, with that being said, there's the whistle. We're going to go to halftime really quick. We're going to have a commercial break about my big four book. And then we're also going to have a 3D coaching. Uh, you, if you guys want to go to my website, coachstonefootball.com, scroll all the way down, hashtag. If you use Unite All, you get 10% off any of their products with their three-dimensional coaching. I've taken the course. It's awesome. You know, using that and this book is something that I would definitely recommend. Coach, we're going to go to halftime really quick. We'll be right back. Coach Stone podcast number 12. What legacy will you leave as a coach? The three-dimensional coaching framework empowers coaches at every level to fulfill their transformational purpose by helping them become fundamentally sound, skilled at coaching the mind, and focused on developing the heart. Are you needing to take courses to meet professional development or recertification requirements? If so, check out the different online 3D coaching course offerings at 3dinstitute.com. You can even take the 3D coaching course for three graduate credits. Make sure to use the coupon code UNITEALL to save 10% on your entire cart. That's UNITEALL, no spaces, all one word, at 3dinstitute.com. 
The Big Four, a physical education book written by Coach Anthony Stone, can be purchased through the following locations. Amazon, iTunes, BarnesandNoble.com, and Kobo. Brunch. $30. Hey, that's okay, Wendy. That was a good carry. You're still the man. You're the man. Latte. Ah. $4. Ooh. Shake it off, Johnny. Rub some dirt on it. New piano. $3,000. All right, guys. They're not saying boo. They're saying movers. Supporting your team. Priceless. Sorry, Bobby. You still got the best arm in the neighborhood. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. This is VCAP, right? We're back from halftime. Coach, coach is back from halftime. We we, we thought we were excellent in Owen, so I, I begged him for some uh, some football IQ because I know you guys want to talk about that because, like Coach said at halftime, like a lot of coaches, they want to hear that stuff. So he was very gracious of doing that. But before we do that, Coach, you're speaking engagements again. You said April 5th you're in Minnesota, correct? Um, if yes, sir. If you go to your website, you can see everything, correct? I think you have an correct. event Yeah, tab. There's, a, there's a calendar there where you can, it'll, it'll show you where I'm going to be. Perfect. So, like, in Minnesota, what, which is it? Is it a high school? Is it a Nike clinic? Is it a, cl- a glacier clinic? What is on April 5th? It's the Minnesota Football Coaches Association. And so it's kind of tied in with the University of Minnesota Spring Clinic, our, our spring practice. So, basically, it's, a, it's a, the Minnesota State Football Coaches Association that has an annual clinic in early, in early April. Perfect. And and here's what's really funny before we go to Chicago. It's PJ Flex out there, right? It, it's, a, it's amazing, right? It's amazing. You sold, you said you sold over 4,000 books of this thing, right? I have my book copy here, and I thank you very much for autographing. My kids are like, Dad, you're becoming famous. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really, <laughs> son, I'm not. It's, go Jackson's <laughs> a lot more famous than I am. But he goes, he says, he goes, uh, you know, everybody was all about roll the boat, right? Roll the boat. When, when he was at West Commission, roll the boat, right? But people don't yep. realize you were doing this with the culture stuff. Probably, I'm not saying before PJ, but it's like it's amazing how I see some of the quotes on from Chad Morris, you know, and you have a lot of other quotes from a lot of other people from, you know, Dr. Rob Gilbert, Matt Ball, Mark Ball, retired head football coach, you know, a lot of key people in other states or Oregon and things like that. It's amazing how you said culture defeats um, culture defeats strategy. It's amazing how. Now that PJ is, like, so popular, right, he won his bowl game. And then – not won his bowl game, but he was so good with the team. And then he goes to Minnesota now, and now you're actually speaking at the clinic. I think that's a true honor. So anybody oh, that's in the Minnesota area definitely need to do it. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to uh, really just be uh, embedded into the University of Minnesota and just kind of be a fly on the wall and, and take some notes and – and uh, it certainly be a growth experience for me, too. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and that's the one thing I love about you, say, fly on a wall. I always say be a sponge. And I, I'm telling my audience, too, if you want to be a coach or if you're looking at what you're going to do and stuff like that, trust me, just be a sponge. And, like, if you get that chance, just try your best and do it, okay? Coach, where are you going in, like, April 13th, I believe, and 14th, you're speaking at uh, Joliet West. Julia West Coaching Clinic, correct in Chicago? Yeah, and really, and really, it's just uh, for the Joliet West staff. So, oh, really? Um, and here, and here's what I'm trying to get into, and I would love some feedback from anybody in your audience if you would email me. But what I'm trying to do is become a consultant. Where so uh, Joliet West is flying me up there for the day. I'm going to spend one night, and uh, I'm just going to devote. Man, I'm going to give. I'm just going to. Like, I'm going to serve them uh, for the day. And I really think that, you know, for the money, uh, they're going to get a good deal. I, I mean, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I'm just going to serve them and help them as much as I can. And so I, I'm trying to get that figured out. But I also think through Skype and things like that where uh, someone could Skype me, and I, I think I could help people all over the country um, with core values or well, again, you know, once you read the book, so if anybody out there is interested in that, that that's my heart. You know, that's my heart is to to serve people, and and uh, we have guys that visit our campus all the time. And but what I'd like to do is kind of get in some kind of consulting, and I think through Skype it'd be real easy to do, and I, I think that I could uh, I could benefit people. So um, that's my next step is 
I still always want to speak at the Nike clinics and, and um, you know, I'm speaking uh, at a six-man convention in July in Wichita Falls. I always want to do that, but I also would like to figure out how to get into the consulting deal, and whether it's through Skype or just personally, you know, serving Joliet West for the day. So if and here, anybody here. has uh, any experience with that, any advice, I would appreciate that. Yeah, and what we'll do is at the end, too, Coach, when we, when we post this podcast, we'll definitely make sure that you have your email, your Twitter, and all that stuff. We'll talk about it at the end, too. And here's the other thing, Coach. If there's any overseas company that you're looking to bring somebody, I'm highly recommending Randy Jackson for the culture side. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, honestly, we got back to the base. We have a kids' camp. We have a football camp. I could do the camp for the, for the kids or the players. Coach Jackson could take the coaches in the classroom, you know. So we could get a two-for-one yeah. deal there, Coach. We yeah. Could, we could just build a football empire. You do the culture. I'm the rah-rah coach with all the drills and things, and we're all ready to roll. And then you know what's going to happen. You, you, you know, you're talking about special teams. We'll talk about special teams later. You like the onside kick. I like the onside kick. I'm always one, you know, I like to defer because I want my defense to make a show, and then we score. So we're already up two scores in the second half. You are pretty much, you're like, hey, guess what? Let Go ahead, defer. Please defer, because that's what we want, right? <laughs> you're yeah. like, yeah, well, it's we, just, it, again, let's... and it's just more of that, hey, if you're not trying to score, you're not going to score philosophy. And, and Correct. I mean, we won a game 70 to 65 this year. We, that's not how I want to play football. Uh, that's the first time it's ever happened to me. So we still want to play good defense. I mean, I'm not trying to, to win games 50 to 40, you know, type of scores, but – but uh, offensively, we are certainly going to attack. Awesome. Perfect, Coach. So here we go. Coach, there's the whistle. We're going to make that the uh, kickoff return question. I'm sorry. Let's go with the second drive question, okay? Your unconventional right. coaching you talked about, you know, and, and I, I wish we could just talk about culture the whole time, but I know some of my audience members are going to want to, you know, I don't want you to be bombarded with everything like, you know, how do you do this, how do you do that, how do you do this. You know, if you want Coach Jackson to come and you fly him out and everything, he can teach you about culture. He can definitely teach you about football IQ with everything he's done. But here we go, Coach. Unconventional coaching like you were talking about earlier, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Explain to the audience what you do, because honestly, you're like a gambler in a way, and I I love that because I like to do that too. So explain to the audience what you mean by that. Well, so so I'm going to try to tell this story really fast, but – in 1967, the, the biggest rock group in the United States was the, the, the Monkees, okay? So <laughs> the Monkees, for guys my age, I can remember that, that little TV show they had and all. So the Monkees were bigger than the Rolling Stones and the Beatles combined and in, in, in this time frame. So anyway, they needed a warm-up act for their upcoming tour, and they hired a guy who no one knew, he's a little bit different, and uh, the first night he came out and he performed, and after about six or seven songs, they started booing him. The next night, after five or six songs, they started booing him. The next night, after four or five songs, they started booing him. And eventually they started, even without social media, the word started getting around. And after about the sixth night, the sixth time, he walked out on stage and they started booing him. And so he quit the tour, but he didn't change. So I'm telling my son, who's 18 years old, about this story, and he had no idea who the monkeys were. He had, I mean, no clue. But the warm-up act guy who was very unconventional was Jimi Hendrix. And my 18-year-old son, yeah, yeah. So my 18-year-old son knows who Jimi Hendrix was. So – I, I think that is a, a way to put it in perspective. Another way to put it in perspective is uh, in the last 200 years, every war that's been won by the underdog, most of the time they did it unconventionally. So I think that's a huge stat too. So we, we talk in our office all the time, and I'm talking about in the last 200 years, every war from the Revolutionary War or whatever that's been won by the underdog, 66% of the time, they were unconventional, and they had a bigger why. So the bigger why is culture. The unconventional is onside kicks. It is playing fast. It is faking a, uh, an extra point. So 
So that's our program. The two biggest pillars in our program are culture and unconventional. So I just had to give you that foundation, I guess, of why we think the way we think. So that's awesome. uh, for us, unconventional is attacking in the kicking game. So uh, most people are just going to, I don't know if they give lip service to it. You know, you hear that some. But I do think the term I like to use is most people are just going to fight to a tie in the kicking game. And they're going to try not to lose the game. You know, let's just let's just kind of get through this thing and uh, don't lose it. So uh, for us, that's a great place for us to be unconditional. That's all. And here's what's really funny. I think I said this on my podcast if I didn't. You know, this is a secret I do. Everyone, when you kick off, right, they kick it deep. Why do you kick it to the person they want you to give it to? You know what I'm saying? Don't, yeah. don't kick it to yeah. the guy that's going to run the ball back on you, right? Now, if you want to put a fast guy in the second level or whatever and mediocre guys in the back, then you kick it deep, right? You just don't ever kick it to that guy. That makes sense. And sometimes, yeah. and I'm going to say this right now in Texas, you have a lot more athletes probably in your numbers how many do you have on your roster right now for varsity right now for your team you're at right now? Probably 50. 50, right? And I, I want to say a typical Illinois roster is anywhere from, you know, for varsity probably 45 to 70, right? You know, or maybe even 30, 30 to 70 probably, right? Sure. So there was a team recently in Chicago that won uh, the state title a couple of years ago, I want to say, and they only had like less than 20 guys on a team, you wow. know, so – you know, at the end of the day, just don't kick it to the number one guy. You know, and I like how you do that. With your other stuff you do unconventionally, what was something you did, like, I don't want you to give up your secrets now, right? What is something you did a long time ago that was very unconventional that worked that you probably didn't, you, you haven't done in a long time, if that's okay for our listening audience? Uh, you know, that's a tough one, really. Uh, I will say this, when I was at a, before I got in 2009, when I was in the little town of Lone Oak, we would dress out 25 players. And so, so this isn't uh, answering the question very well, but I used to always think uh, we would squib it. I didn't have a guy who could kick it in the end zone. And, you know, our opponents would start on the 35, the 37. And I used to always think, you know, if we onsided it here, we wouldn't be giving up but about five yards. But exactly. But I think I was fearful of what people in the stands would think or other coaches. And so I just want to encourage you guys uh, to, to, to attack and be a little bit aggressive. And, and, you know, the Kevin Kelly guy, the guy from Pulaski Academy in, in Arkansas, uh, you know, he's done all the numbers. And so if, if, here's why we onside is we're trying to steal a possession. So, of our 25 onsides, we got 10 of them. So our, our ratio was really good. 40% is – I mean, Kevin Kelly says if you can get 20%, you should do it. So we were double. Uh, so we're just trying to steal possession. So and uh, even if you're Coach, not I'm sorry to bug you. Coach, I'm sorry, sorry to bug you. With those, you got 40% of them, right? How many of yes, them – how many of the percentages did they score on those? I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just curious. You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't know the answer to that because, okay. and I, and I'll. I think I don't know the answer to it because it wasn't a problem. It's exactly. You know? Okay. Great. Awesome. So uh, you're the first person to ask me that question because I've spoke on this a few times when people come. I mean, it's kind of one of those things I'm pretty proud of. Uh, yeah. So I don't know the answer to those 15 other onsides because See, that's the thing I would always look at. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know. We we probably uh, I mean you're you're going to deal with some percentages here and all, but we we when you're averaging 53 points a game, uh, every possession you steal, almost a you know I mean there's a chance we're going to score something on it, a field goal Correct. or something. So so again, it's a mindset. I think I think you have to everybody on your staff. I mean, this is the first year we've done that, and and last summer I I I kind of. Uh, I mean, I'm the head coach, and I'm a very confident person, but I kind of had to get the blessing of the defensive guys before I would have done it. So everybody's got to be bought in on those kind of things, I think. But well, so, I think that's know, awesome. We, yeah, yeah. 
you know, uh, you certainly want everybody to feel like they have some ownership. Kind of like well, what I said, what, what you're in on, you're in with. And if I'd have just walked in and said, hey, we're onside now, uh, you know, that's just not the right way to lead. Awesome. Perfect, Coach. There's the whistle, Coach. We're going to go to a two-minute warning. What I'd like you to do, Coach, is this. Um, you've already talked about, like, I, I've sold a couple of your quotes. I just want you to know. And one was just now, everything you want to accomplish is an everyday fight, fist fight, you said. Culture is a daily fist fight, right? You know, you talked about your core values, you know, that in on, in with. You know, I, I love how you delegate. It sounds like you're, a, you, you know, some head coaches, it's like my way or the highway. It seems like you're delegating in the way, too, where, you let your defensive coach run your stuff, right? He runs his own thing because at the end of the day, he just needs to know, hey, can you stop him four times, right? Because that, that could be the That's biggest right. case if you're stealing possessions. But uh, with the two-minute warning, Coach, what I want you to do, and then we'll, if you want to now, too, you can tell everybody your Twitter handle again, how to get to you. If you're in the Minnesota area, I'm highly recommending going down to the University of Minnesota, listen to Coach Jackson speak, They'll have a full crowd, I guarantee you, and things like that. Um, you know, and Coach, what hashtags do you have right now? I know you have one on Twitter, right? I yeah, thought you had I the mean, one. Like, Culture Matters, for, right? For, for me on Twitter, like uh, Culture Matters, uh, Daily Fist Fight. Uh, for our team, it's Blue Collar Birds. Um, well, and this is, you know, I talked about branding. And so when I first got there, I started calling our guys goons, which we defined as uh, grit, obsessed, 1%, and next play. And, but anyway, so that morphed into Goonville, Texas, population 11, for, you know, 11 guys on the field. And so I've had a bunch of people ask me, hey, what's this Goonville stuff? And uh, <laughs> so I really, that's, this is not what you asked, but. Uh, but if you see anything on Twitter about Goonville, that is me giving our guys an identity, guys who hadn't won, something to feel good about themselves. The parents went nuts on it. Uh, we, we, we sold more things this year with Goonville. I think we could have put Goonville on a, a dead squirrel and we would have sold it. So uh, I think if, if, as you head coaches listening out there, if you want to turn a program, you got to find a hashtag, you got to find uh, something to, to to bind everybody together, and you got to let your kids kind of be in on it a little bit. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So, so uh, I'll be speaking next Thursday, April the fourth, I think it is, and once, and then on Friday, April the fifth, I'll be speaking twice, and then I'm also involved in a roundtable. And then Saturday, it's all at the University of Minnesota, their spring ball and stuff like that. So I think it's – I've had a few friends that spoke up there before, and they said it's one of the best-run clinics around. So it's a good awesome. deal. That's awesome. Awesome, Coach. Okay, perfect. Game is over, Coach Jackson. Uh, why don't we do this? Tell everybody – and I apologize for doing this to you. Tell everybody where, where they can go to see on website if they want to book anything like two – if you want him to come to your school and speak to your coaches and things like that, I would highly recommend it. Any overseas coaches that want to get Coach Jackson's, please contact him through his website, and he'll give that to you for a second. If, I don't know if Coach Jackson wants to, but I'd be all in it, Coach. We have the Coach Jackson culture. We have Coach Stone football back to the basic camps. Boom, put them together. We go to a place and we speak overseas and we, we enjoy some uh, nice scenery like I've seen before in Australia, London, Sweden. South Korea and other places like that. So I don't know if you're Man, up for it, but I'm definitely in for it. I, and, and I'm one of those guys who enjoys traveling, and I've never been I've never been to Europe or really anywhere overseas. So uh, I really, you know, yeah, I, I think that uh, if you want to get an edge, so I say this too, and I think this is golden. 30 years ago, in Texas at least, you could get the edge in the weight room. People didn't really – everybody didn't have a great weight program. Well, now nutrition is better. Uh, everybody knows how to lift weights now. Everybody knows how to develop their body. Everybody's got personal trainers. So the edge that the, – because the, we're all looking for the edge. So the way to get the edge now is through the mental game and through culture. And uh, if, you, if you want uh, – I mean, I really think a day or two, 
and just an immersion of this thing could help change your program for a long time. Perfect. Awesome. Coach, so, uh, why yeah. don't you tell everybody? Yeah, the, so I'm uh, sorry. Twitter I'm sorry to interrupt you, Coach Stone, but I no, you're thinking, okay. well, heck, you, you asked me this and I forgot. So on Twitter, I'm Coach, Coach Jackson TPW. Uh, my website is CoachRandyJackson.com. My email is CoachRandyJackson at gmail.com. And uh, I'm, I'm, I just want to help coaches. I want to serve. And, and um, whatever's in your budget, I might work for you. Awesome. That's great. All right, perfect, Coach. Let's do this. I want to thank everybody for listening to Coach Stone Podcast, episode number 12. I definitely want to thank Coach Randy Jackson. Also thank Coach Jackson, this book, Culture Defeats Strategies, Seven Lessons on Leadership from a Texas High School Football Coach. This is awesome. You can get it on his website. I recommend, I'm telling you right now, for someone that has a book out and have another one coming out, get it on his website. If he mails it to you, you can get it autographed. If you get it on Amazon, you can't get it autographed. You can get it a little faster, but I'm telling you right now, when I got it through Coach Jackson, got a little nice autograph thing. My kids thought it was awesome, and they, now they, my kids think I'm famous finally. So thanks, Coach Jackson. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I want to thank everybody. I want to thank again J.C. Hawks Radio, J.C. Hawks Sports Network. I want to thank BJ. Remember, if you ever miss an episode, you can listen to them on iTunes under J.C. Hawks Radio. I'll leave everybody with this. Always remember instilling confidence by laying a foundation. Thank you, and have a great day. Thanks again, Coach Jackson. Thank you, Coach Stone. A big honor to be here. Coach Stone Podcast. I can see.